What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletic Show. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Postgame Podcast. We hit the record button at 12.30 a.m. Have I told you, by the way, this is Tim Fitzgerald with Cole Carmody in the Cats and Dogs studio, although... We're going to talk about the cats, but we only got one dog in here. Uh, how much I dislike night games. And even Coach Kleiman knew about my displeasure for night games. He brought it up in the post-game press conference. I'm too old for this, Cole. I don't think Coach Kleiman likes playing night games either. No. Nope. Nope. Cats do win 44-31. And, folks, it wasn't pretty at times, but this was a good win. Cole, This that's a good football team. And, you know, to... To win a two-score game against a team of that caliber is uh, – it, it, it really doesn't erase the Missouri game. But, it, again, like I said in my post-game walk and talk, it kind of feels like last year when they bounced right back after a non-conference loss. Yeah, it's hard to equate what this UCF team is because, obviously, it's their first year in the conference. I think if this game had been against a team like Oklahoma State, uh, a traditional Oklahoma State team who is going to win anywhere from 7 to 10 games every year because that's how Oklahoma State's been the last 10, 15 years under Mike Gundy, I kind of think that's where this UCF team is. I think they'll probably end up winning anywhere from seven to nine games this year. This is a really good team. They're going to finish in the top half of the conference. They're going to beat a lot of teams in the Big 12. This is going to be a win, I think, at the end of the year that K-State fans look back on and say, I'm happy that we played them now as opposed to playing them later in the year. Because if you play them later in the year and they get John Rice Plumley back, the quarterback who was out for UCF, this game might look a, might look a little bit different. Yeah, when they get him back, they're – they're going to start beating people. But this sets K-State up really nicely. And, I you know, before we kind of get more into the game, the Big 12 sucks this year. Yeah. I mean, there's just no way around it. It just There's some pretty bad football teams. K-State is off, and then they go to Oklahoma State. On a scale of 1 to 10, Oklahoma State's about a 1 right now. They literally, it feels like that program is falling apart. I don't know what they're going to do with that. That's a mess. Then they go to Texas Tech, which, you know, I'm just going to point out that some people in the media thought Texas Tech <laughs> would play for a Big 12 championship. Are you some people? Yeah. Yeah, I was one of those people. Um, and we're all idiots for thinking that they lost at West Virginia. And they also lost their quarterback with a broken leg. Yeah. Then they come home. K-State comes home. It's just incredible. It's basically a month, 28 days. October 21st, they'll play TCU. Like we, I still don't know how good TCU is. They look good against SMU today, but it wasn't really. I don't think SMU is yeah. that good. 
Um, and Houston, and they're bad. Then they go to Texas, clearly the best team in the conference right mm-hmm. now. Then they come home and play Baylor. Bad. bad. They go to Kansas, pretty good team. And then they play Iowa State. Bad. They've got, unless they screw up, an easy four wins left on this schedule. Easy. It's I've never seen the Big 12 like this. It's so out of character for this conference. It is strange, but I also think it is a testament to what we believe K-State is, even after that loss to Missouri. Um, I don't think last year, even after the Oklahoma win, there were any games where you were like, this is going to be a win. I mean, I think back to the Texas Tech game, that was a game that everybody felt confident about, but it was still a game that K-State kind of struggled and they didn't find their way until later in the game. I mean, I'm sorry, Fitz, but you look at this schedule and there's no reason they can't be, what is it, be 7-1 and one going into Austin? I mean, if they're not 7-1, and one, if they don't win all the rest of their games going into Austin – I mean, they're going to be favored in all those games. Right. So they will have literally had to have gotten upset. I thought I was holding out hope maybe that Casey would be underdogs against Texas Tech. Um, But I don't think that's going to be the case. They'll probably be a three or four point favorite. So they're going to be favored in every single game the rest of the season except for at Texas. Now, will they win all of those games? We know college football is crazy. But the team that I saw tonight. The offense that I saw tonight will be able to score at will on every single team, including Texas, in this conference. That offense was really good tonight. They were. And getting the offensive line kind of back in shape. Look, they they were – the offensive line was really good when Christian Duffy was out there, except for the one time he fell down. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of got it twisted up. Um, But like Coach Kleiman said, now they've got two weeks. They're off next week. They got two weeks to get him, you know, back up to speed, ready to go full time for the rest of the season. You know, they can, you know, Jake Clifton was a, a surprise player today. We didn't think he would be available. He, he took about 30 snaps. Um, he was a step slow, and that hurt him. You could tell on, you know, two long plays that he just quite didn't quite get to the tackle. Uh, but, you know, Austin Romaine. Uh, you know, the first long run was him. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no way around it. It was just him. He's kind of dove into the line and didn't really read the play at all and was out of position there from what I could tell. But overall, the defense was pretty good. But let's talk about something I talked about on the walk and talk because I want to get your feelings. As someone who's covered K-State basically since Bill Snyder arrived, seeing 82 plays run by a Kansas State offense is kind of – an out-of-body experience. Because even Chris Kleiman's offenses haven't been doing that. But Colin Klein discovered some success with tempo last year, and the offense seems to like it. Gets them in a groove. They ran 82 plays, possessed the ball for just under 35 minutes. Limited, oh, I guess they had 50, I said 54 in my walk and talk. They had 59 plays. Um, UCF, which is way under their number. They still put up a lot of points. You score 31 points on 59 plays. You're doing something mm-hmm. right. And when I asked Kleiman about it, he said, that's just a good offensive team. Man, they're going to give people trouble. But they played keep away. They played defense with their offense today in a masterful game plan that 
played out exactly like they wanted it to. They wanted to feed DJ Giddens the ball. He ran it 30 times for 207 yards and four touchdowns. He was targeted 10 times, made eight catches for 86 yards. He was the leading rusher and receiver. So, yes, yes, national media, there is life after Deuce Vaughn. Yeah, yeah. It it, it was a really impressive performance. It was like K-State said, you can't stop us, but you can try. Right. And UCF couldn't. And even when they did, K-State gave them two middle fingers and said, we're going to do it again and make you do it twice. Yep. And they couldn't stop them twice. I mean, there would be times where they would stop K-State on first and 10 to one yard, and then they would run basically the exact same play, get six or seven yards, make it third and manageable, and pick up the first down. I thought the offensive line, this was the best I've seen them play. I, I, I can't really remember. Obviously, it dates back to last year. This was the best game they've played this year by a mile. It got so bad that at the end of the game, UCF said, screw it. We're not even going to try and rush Will Howard. We're just going to stay there and try and play volleyball and bat the ball down. I mean, they had one sack on the day, but that was on a miscommunication, and it was a free blitzer from the corner who made the sack. So that was the best the offensive line has played the entire season. It's the best they've played. I would probably go back to a game like Oklahoma uh, of last year. I mean, this was a dominant performance by the offensive line, and I think that's why they ran so many plays. I, I truly believe Colin Klein looked at that offensive line and said, you guys are having a great game, so we're going to ride behind you. And it was impressive, and I noticed the tempo immediately. They got that first down. Usually we're sitting in the press box, and we can see a replay, and then we look down, and then the live game happens. But they were going so quickly that we couldn't even see the replay because they got up on the ball, they got up on the ball and snapped it immediately. If they want to do that consistently, that is going to give teams a lot of trouble. Yeah. It was it was fun brand. It was a fun brand of football to watch. Now that they do have some problems defensively they need to solve. Um, and they have problems offensively. I thought Coach Kleiman was really um, honest about where his team at, that they're not even close to playing at the level they can play at. And I agree. I think the defense has given up a little bit too much right now. They're getting popped for one run a game, one significant run. And this one was, you know, this was 48 yards right out of the gate, mm-hmm. basically. And um, when you have, let's see, there were 143 total yards. Um for them and 48 came on one play. It, there's one play a game. They give up a long run basically. So they got to lock that up. Um, but they've got something going on with receivers. They, they're just not, they're not there, man. They're just, they're, there's not good enough weapons at receiver. And, and I think coach Kleiman knows they need to develop that. I'm not going to be surprised if after the two week layoff, we see some new guys in the mix. Um, K-State threw the ball 42 times today. Ten targets were towards the running back, DJ Giddens, and ten were sent to tight ends. Eight sent it, and Garrett Oakley got in his first action. Mm-hmm. So he's going to get more healthy, apparently. And Will Swanson. Dude, they got these guys aren't getting open. They're just not. I, I'm... It's a kind of a loss for words situation. I know. I don't. 
Oh, I'm just going to say it. I'm really disappointed in Keegan Johnson. Mm-hmm. I think I put him down as Big 12 newcomer on my ballot. I look, that's worse than the Texas Tech pick. <laughs> the weird part about this whole situation with the receivers is who would have thought at the beginning of the year that Jaden Jackson would be K-State's number one receiving option? Yeah. I mean, he is. And credit to Jaden Jackson. He has looked good in the spots that they have used him. But he is not a wide receiver one. He, they did not expect him to be the guy who is your number one target. Nope. That was supposed to be Keegan Johnson. And I understand he's still trying to come back from some things. But Keegan Johnson hasn't even started a game yet, Fitz. What, I, I don't know. Does that say more about Jaden Jackson or does that say more about Keegan Johnson? I don't know, man. I get it, there, I, and I understand Keegan Johnson. It's his first year in the program, but he was supposed to be an immediate impact guy, and he hasn't done it yet. Nope. We have seen flashes. I almost wonder if they don't trust him enough. And there was a moment in this game that really stood out to me. Um, it was a. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about the special teams that were very unspecial. Mm-hmm. But there was a kickoff. Um, a kickoff return, I should say, where Keegan Johnson runs up, cuts off Phillip Brooks, and catches it. Yep. And Phillip Brooks is behind him, so you just lost a blocker. Keegan Johnson's supposed to be the guy that blocks for Phillip Brooks on that play, but it's kind of a short kick, so he ran up and caught it. And he, it was a good return. He made some guys miss. But Matthew Middleton, and well, after a, after the play, immediately Philip Brooks got up and started having this conversation with Keegan Johnson. And Matthew Middleton walked out onto the field, grabbed Keegan Johnson, and chewed him out before he sent him back out on offense. To me, there is a reason why we haven't seen Keegan Johnson get as many reps at the receiver position as I think maybe some. Uh, I don't. I don't. I want to say majority. I'd probably say all the fans want him out there as much as he can be out there. And I think if Casey's at their best, he's out there. But I still think there's a little bit of a divide of trying to get him on the same page right. as everybody else. It's frustrating to watch. It really is. Um, so I guess where I'm going with this, despite winning a really you know, competitive game by two touchdowns, well, there wasn't mixed. Should have been three. Oh, um, yeah, well. Place kicking issues are popping back up. Mm. Uh, coverage, kickoff coverage was shoddy. Um, they've got this is the worst special teams team I've seen at K State in a long while. Now credit to Jack Bloomer, he kicked once and had a really nice sixty-nine yard. Bump. Nice, nice. Um, it was impressive. They kind of did a cool return on it, but no fooling the snapper. No. Long snappers are athletes. Man, Plantner was all over. That was actually a really good play. Oh, it was great. Yeah. I mean, an open field tackle on an elusive receiver because the other, they duped a lot of the coverage unit. The up guy faked like it was a short punt. Mm-hmm. It was, I don't know. I thought his answer after the game, Coach Kleiman's answer after the game on special teams was interesting because he was like, we got to get better. Yep. He's like, and then he, I don't want to say he made an excuse, but I do think there is something to taking a Jake Clifton, taking an Austin Romaine off of special teams, because those are guys now that are going to be required to play defense right. majority of the time. So they're not going to play special teams. Well, who are you putting in to replace him? You're probably putting in a walk on an older guy yeah. who doesn't have the, a, the game experience. And honestly, the athleticism or skill set that, an Austin Romaine or a Jake Clifton would have. So it's going to take some adjustment. 
but I put that on the coaching staff. I, I think the coaches have to put the guys in position to be successful. I don't know if that was the case with special teams tonight. I agree. I agree. Um, and after the break, I want to talk about the defense a little bit because there were some struggles. They gave up a lot of big plays. I mean, it's again, uh, 124 yards after the catch and they're not getting receivers on the ground. Um, and just some absurd third and long calls from Joe Klanderman. I did not understand the, the, the third and long draw, which we'll talk about. Yeah. Just. It was a weird day at the bill, but a successful one. Let's put it that way. And when we come back, we're going to talk about that defense. We're going to talk about uh, DJ Giddens coming out party. And we're going to talk about how damn tough Will Howard is, because I don't think any of us expected him to go the entire game and take every snap for an offense that ran 82 plays and, and run the ball seven times. We'll be right back. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast welcome back to the power cat podcast welcome back to the power cat post game podcast as it's approaching 1 a.m here in the studio it's it's 12 46 technically that's I guess it's approaching. Time is irrelevant whenever I'm with you, Fitz. Well, I mean, I got to do some of Ryan Gilbert's work tonight still because he's in Vegas. That's a whole different topic. <laughs> I hope he loses all of his bets. Um, let's let's talk about this defense. I am. I think K State has an opportunity to have an absolutely incredible defense if they could get these damn explosive plays under control. It's weird because I feel like on these explosive plays, specifically the passes, they're so close to just breaking up the pass. Now, the flea flicker that Chris Kleiman said after the game, we knew that they were going to have trick plays. We knew they were going to have explosive plays, but it was all about limiting it. He said, if you would have told me that they would only had one successful trick play, I probably would have took it. 
I think that's just kind of how Gus Malzahn operates on that UCF team. That UCF offense was fast. Oh, amazing. They were fast. At those Florida athletes. It's it's just a different kind of speed. And so I guess it's going to have to get used to that. I mean, this is going to be a matchup. I think that's going to be a pretty, um, I don't want to say rivalry, but both of these, these two programs are going to be competing at the top of this right. new conference. I'm fully on board with that. Um, but, yeah, like – like I look back on the touchdown pass that Will Lee gave up, which it's, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but Will Lee did not play hardly at all in the fourth quarter. Into the third quarter, fourth quarter, hardly played. They were rolling with Jacob Parrish and Keenan Garber. And I almost wonder if that was not sending a message to Will Lee like, dude, you better figure it out because they are counting on him. He was in position. All he had to do, put his arm up, and he doesn't make that catch for a touchdown. I didn't understand him on that play at all. <clears throat> he tracked the ball more than the receiver. First of all, he's spending too much time worrying about where the ball is. But then he doesn't put his hand up when the ball arrives. I, like, what was the purpose of knowing where the ball was if you weren't going to do anything? It's just, it was weird. And he got chewed pretty good for mm-hmm. that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they they give up a big run here and there. They, like I mentioned, and, and now it's a lot of yak. They're, they're letting guys run free. But poor Joe Klanderman calls a bizarre blitz on a third and long and gets caught with a perfect play call, a screenplay credit to UCF. Just totally sold it to. It was perfectly executed. And then they give up a third and long when they back up way up like a prevent defense and they let a receiver just run through the defense. It was a running back on the draw play. Was it another draw? That was on the draw play. Oh, yeah, that's right. And and you know what that reminded me of? That reminded me of a few years ago when the Chiefs were playing the Dallas Cowboys and Alex Smith was the quarterback. Oh, a few years ago. That's that's longer than a few years ago. Um, They threw, instead of throwing a Hail Mary, they literally just threw like a little slant pass to Tyreek Hill at the end of the half and had all the receivers downfield blocking and he scored a touchdown and it was like this innovative thing that Andy that's like what happened K-State was literally playing 12 yards their linebackers were 12 yards depth which is about twice where they normally are on third and 24 and UCF said well we're not even going to try we don't trust our quarterback by the way K-State how they only had one interception I I don't know Timmy McLean was just throwing the ball up for grabs but that was so that was weird too but K-State just decided, you know, we don't really feel like tackling. And the guy gets a first down. So the tackling in space is something that they have to fix. That is that is a non-negotiable. If you cannot tackle in space, you will not beat good teams. You might be able to beat the Baylors. You might be able to beat the Iowa States, who don't have as many explosive playmakers. But if you want to compete with Texas, if you want to compete, dare I say, with Kansas, yep, you're going to have to figure that out because – People will scheme it to where they they know if it's one-on-one and I have my running back and you have your safety and I know your safety can't tackle in space, that's a win. Well, you look at KU, they'll run Jalen Daniels and even out those numbers and use them. they got to figure it out. Now, on the upside is playing without Daniel Green for the first time since his season's over. Austin Romain did a good job One, after that long run. He kind of settled in. It helped that they had Jake Clifton. But Des Purnell leads the team with seven tackles, stepped in to help the communication gap now with Daniel off the field. Um, 
look, their young linebackers are going to be really good. They just need more experience. I think Jake Clifton's going to get that start at Oklahoma State, if I were to guess. Yeah. Yeah. And that's nothing against Austin Romaine. Oh, no, but yeah, Jake's clearly the backup, and mm-hmm. he, he was just injured in the first game of the season. We didn't expect him back. Now, I mean, I'm going to call Chris Kleiman a liar. Chris, you're a stinking liar. Because he, well, he said Jake, you know, wouldn't play. That, And then I asked him about Joe Jackson at the press conference. He said, no, we'll go with, our, you know, the, the other guys, the Shippers and White. Joe Jackson was on the field tonight. And it was, it was the, the weird messed up play that Will ran to the goal line where the snap, he had to reach out and grab the snap. And I, he had Brooks coming across. And I think that play was supposed to go to Joe Jackson and he just had to run it because it was all fouled up. Yeah. He named about four running backs. So they would end up playing and it was him. And then Frias had a few carries as well. So yes, that's a, that's how that works, right? He also said that he will go day He's, by day with Howard, which I'm sure we're going to talk about here in a, a second. liar. Fitz, they had me fooled. I, I thought there was no way that Will Howard would play in this game. Well, any of us who saw him in postgame at Missouri didn't see how his knee or whatever was, it was locked up. Couldn't bend it. I, I mean... So, but it turned out it was all soft tissue. It was all bruising, basically. It just got into joints, and and I guess it's rather hideous. I mean, even Ben Sennett was saying it was pretty bad on Sunday. I didn't see any way he was going to play, but I knew Will, and he'd find a way, and he did. They were going to have to drag him off that field. Literally, dra- like he is such a gamer, right? Like if that last touchdown of him running through the UCF defense doesn't describe the kind of kid that Will Howard is. I mean, I don't know what, what will that kid just wants to play football Mm -hmm. and you look at the final numbers for him. They weren't anything spectacular through the air, but I mean, Fitz, he, he ended up throwing for what was it? 255 yards, 27 of 42 for 255 yards. He didn't have a touchdown, had one interception, which I don't necessarily think was his fault. Looked like Keegan Johnson kind of got bumped off his route a little bit. I think Keegan needs to be a little bit stronger there. Mm-hmm. He made it a good adjustment. He ran the same route later in the game. They made it, completed the slant route, figured it out. But um, 255 yards through the air. But, I mean, the way he was able to run, 64 yards on the ground. I mean, we haven't seen Will Howard run like that since, what, Texas of 2021? Yep. Yep. It was it was impressive. It really was. I, you know what? I'm, <clears throat> I'm really happy for DJ Giddens. If folks, if you're not familiar with DJ, he is incredibly shy. He really doesn't like to do media. I mean, he doesn't talk in the locker room. He's just a very, very quiet individual. He's an introvert. He's a total introvert. But you ask him a fishing question, and you got an answer. I mean, that's that he loves to fish. And you got he described his performance as a 20 pound catfish. <laughs> kind of day. I loved it. I loved it. Uh, we're a nice kid. It really has overcome some stuff and it's, it's fun to watch. Um, you know, basically the offensive player, of the, the game was a kid from junction city. The defensive player of the game was a kid from Topeka. So for all that recruiting, the Centennial League is where they found their talent. It's pretty cool. And completely underrated recruits as well. Yep. Yep. Typical state of Kansas recruits. You know, there's 
don't have the the reps, don't have the exposure, don't have all that that you get in Texas or Florida um, with spring football and all that. And they just kind of blossom when they get to college. It's it's fun to watch. It's been a big part of this this story for Kansas State. DJ Giddens is a grown man. Mm-hmm. He looks completely different than he did last year. Yeah. He came walking into the media room today, and I was like, that doesn't even look like the same kid that we saw last year at Iowa State when we talked to him for the first time. He said, somebody asked uh, after the game, do you model your game after any NFL running backs? And he's like, honestly, I don't really watch football. He goes, but I watched Deuce Vaughn, and I had a move, a, a juke move that helped me score my touchdown that I learned from Deuce. And, like, it's just so cool to hear that because that's the kind of stuff that, you don't really think about mm-hmm. when you have oh we, we you know we always talk about this player influenced this player and they teach him how to do things. Well, Deuce didn't teach him how to do that. He he saw him do that and he took that from him. That is invaluable um, that you can have kids like that in your program. And the fact that DJ Giddens is only a sophomore, the, the future is very bright for this Kansas State offense. Indeed it is. Will Howard, 27-42, to 42, had an interception. But again, I think that was on the receiver more than anything. I think all of his interceptions this year have been guys not getting it done on the route. Mm-hmm. I think. 255 total. His longest pass was only 24 yards. He just chunked away at him, just picked him apart. They wanted to possess the ball, sustain drives, and they did it. Um Short of having some breakdowns in special teams and on defense, this was a really, really good performance for Kansas State football. It was a, such a solid game. I mean, I never really felt like the game was in doubt in the second quarter. You're like, uh, this might get hairy, but K State just they just they showed that they were the better that they were the better team. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, K State was the better football team from one to twenty two. K-State was better. And did they have their flaws? Was it a perfect game? No, it was not. But the fact that K-State can play probably, what, a B, maybe B-plus effort and still find a way to win a game by three scores. Let's just call it how it is. They won by three scores. Um, if you're a fan, you got to be feeling happy. You know, I don't know how I feel about that late touchdown by UCF. I understand. I mean, you play I to the whistle. Um but it's just, I don't know. I, yeah. It's like he got caught up in the moment of like, oh, we're so close. Well, let's, just, let's just score. Like, it's right there. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, you want your team to feel positive. But like I told you in the press box, it almost is, it's got to be kind of deflating to your team. Like, we know it was worse than that, what it actually was. We scored a meaningless touchdown in mm-hmm. the final seconds. So It's uh, like hitting a home run off of a position player. Yeah, exactly. Right. It does it count? Does it count? It does. But uh, there's a nice big old asterisk right next to it. Well, K State is now three and one, one and zero oh in the Big Twelve. Welcome to the Big Twelve, UCF. They were ready to make a statement, and it would have been. And like I said, you said that's a good team. That's going to be an upper half team. I don't know mm-hmm. what their schedule is. I don't have it in front of me right now, but they're going to win a lot of games. I don't, they do play Cincinnati. I know that. They'll win that one. <laughs> but it's going to be very interesting. And you're right. When they get their quarterback back, it, they'll be a whole other beast. K-State caught a break there in many ways because I thought it was going to be a game of backup quarterbacks. 
and it wasn't. Will Howard came through and played one hell of a football game. Just an impressive, impressive performance by the senior slash junior slash whatever he is with the COVID year thing. Um, I leave this game feeling really optimistic about the team because they didn't play well in some areas. And I know that sounds odd, but the simple fact that it, it, Chris Kleiman's exactly right. It, it, there are some glaring things keeping this team from its top performance, and that's all on the table. And he's, someone asked him about, you know, you score 44 points tonight, you feel good about your offense? No, we got we got things we can do. We can do you know, we got to pick up our our receiving. So, I mean, he's he's pushing. He's pushing. And now with an off week and a weird Friday night game at Oklahoma State, so you get an extra day before you go to Texas Tech, this kind of lines up really nice for Kansas State football. The second toughest team on their schedule. They beat by two scores and played not their best game. You can let that you can let that mean whatever you want it to mean, but that is the second toughest team that they will play the rest of the season. Yep. You're probably exactly right. KU might be. But boy, this conference stinks. <laughs> Got that expansion done in a nick of time. Mm-hmm. That's it for this edition of the Post Game Podcast. If you actually listened to this before you went to bed after the game, I'm impressed. I genuinely am impressed that you did that. You might be drunk. Yeah, drink some water if you're in Aggie. If you just got home from Aggieville, right, right, right. Drink that. That's important. Yeah, drink, drink that water. Don't hit your head on anything. That's it for the podcast. Remember, folks, the Insiders is going live in prime time on Monday because I had a doctor's appointment on Monday afternoon that has now been postponed. So we're going to still go live, even though I'm not leaving town. It's been that kind of week, just a weird week, but it's going to be good to have an off week. We appreciate you listening. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts.